Welcome back to Mumblecore. And I'm Megan. And I'm Charlotte. And we're back again for episode five. See, here's the thing. We found out this week Megan lies a lot. Okay. <laughs> we did. Which is crazy. But what's weird is, okay, I'm a terrible liar. Like, I'm a bad yeah, liar. Me too. Do you think it's a water sign thing? Why am I? Why would I bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> because everything is sign related. Everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also a bad liar. Like, I cannot lie. If I have to, like, plan a lie, it will not work. But when do you need to plan a lie? I oh, don't like, know. Like, can you come to my birthday party? And you're like, oh my god, I don't want to. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I'm absolutely free, and I will not be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that type of lie, but like more. I'm thinking of like more when you were in like high school or middle school, and you're like, oh my god, like don't tell that we're over at this person's house instead of your. Cannot do it. Never worked. Like I would cry. I'd panic. It was not good. <laughs> Did that happen to you a lot? Yes, 100%. Your friends were like, don't tell the others. I had one crazy friend in middle school. We'll keep this vague. No, it's fine. But yeah, she was like, yeah, like, we're gonna go here. Do not tell our parents. And I immediately went home, cried, and told my mom. Oh. And my mom was like, this doesn't matter. (laughs) Mom was like, please have fun with your life. (laughs) Literally, she's like, Megan, calm the fuck down. This is too much. (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely points in middle school and high school where I'd be like, I'm gonna, like, go out and do this. Is that cool? My mom was like, I'm so glad you have friends. <laughs> like, please leave. I'm so happy that you are not socially inept. Anytime that I was have doing anything remotely socially normal, my parents were like, go, do have fun. No, don't be just weird by yourself. Like, it's concerning. But, yeah. no, anyways, back to lying. I'm bad at that type of lying. I think... I don't know if it's really a lie. I just panic when people ask me things and my immediate answer is always yes. Like, do you know? And before they even say the next word, I'm like, yes, I do. I do recall in college, there were many times that I asked you something that I knew you had not read or seen. I'd be like, oh, have you seen this? And you'd just be like, I think, I think I have, but I, I can't quite, rem- but I have, but I, I can't quite remember. And I'd be like, why are you doing this? I don't know. It's a natural instinct, and I cannot say why. But I do that with, like, so many things. Like, so many basic, normal things. Like, if someone... Okay, here's my other weird thing I do. If someone's, like, introducing themselves, like, oh, like, my name is whatever, I black out. I don't know why. And I'm, like, I'm focusing on, like, okay, you have to know how to say your own name next. And then I do not listen to what they say. And then I'm just focusing on, like, how do I pronounce my name? What do I say? Which I should know. Like, I do know. But I panic. And then I never know their name. And then I just am, like, fuck. Here I am. Because you were introduced to them. And you're, like, I simply didn't listen. Yeah. So, essentially, I think anytime I lie, it's not intentional. It just comes from severe social anxiety, I guess. Do you remember the time that I just was, like, my name is Morgan in college (laughs) because it was just too late for me to correct it? Someone called you Morgan and you were, like, this is it. Yep. I (laughs) Because it's it's true. If you don't correct them, like, immediately, then they're, like, wait a second. So, you let me call you Morgan two to three times? You're, like, well, now this is worse. Then you're just calling me Morgan until I graduate. He called me Morgan for two years. Two years, but it's fine. (laughs) Oh, God. We're not even talking about what we've been doing this week. We're just already delving into just my my trauma, I guess. Truly every day I just wake up. Today I was like, I should take a soda can cap and put it on a necklace. That would be chic. (laughs) That's the whole thought. That's the worst thought I had today. I feel like, I don't know. This week's been weird for me. It sounds like it's been weird for you. Yeah. What happened to you? No, it's just, okay, well, I told you before we got on this, we're recording on a different day than normal because I got wildly hungover from, like, very few drinks. You're like, I got hungover. It's like, no, you got drunk and then you were. Yeah. You're like, nothing happened, I just got hungover. Weird. No, 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 like, I drank too few drinks to be the level of hungover that I was the next day. Mm -hmm. Which is always tough yeah it was yeah i had plans i was gonna watch movies i literally couldn't because i was like i'm just vaguely nauseous and i have to stare at my ceiling for hours and then okay here's like the darkest thing for me i god no i literally was like my toes for some reason are like very swollen and i was like i've (laughs) injured my foot and i don't know how you don't know how and so i like emailed my doctor and they're like you need to send us pictures so i'm like this is weird in the time of covid i'm having to send feet pics to my fucking doctor Mm -hmm. 
As one needs to. And they called me today and they're like, hi, like, we have to verify who this is. Can you tell us which body part you sent a picture of? And I was like, my feet? Which was one of the worst things I've had to say on the phone. (laughs) And then they were like, (laughs) they couldn't help me. They were literally, they said my options were I either had frostbite on my toes. I live in LA, so I don't know what that (laughs) comment was. Also, it could be COVID toes. And I was like, what? It could be COVID toes. (laughs) So now I'm spiraling because I'm like, what happens if I have COVID toes? And the other thing is, what if I don't have COVID toes? Then why are my fucking toes swollen? There's nothing good that can come out of this. You're like, I don't know how this happened and that's concerning, but I also hope I don't have COVID. (sighs) Yeah. But how gross of all the symptoms I get, COVID toes. My sister thought she had COVID toes, and she did. So <laughs> okay, probably. Wait, can your sisters tell me what her COVID toes look like? I won't be asking her that question. <laughs> okay, but... so like, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. That is tough. So it's been a rough two days for me, honestly. It's yeah. been hard. <laughs> the absolute stress of waking up every day and thinking that you have COVID is not fun. It's part of everyday life at this point. Every moment I'm like, yeah. And this was the one time that I had something wrong with me where I was like, this can't be COVID. And bam, COVID toes. My doctor responded with COVID toes. <laughs> because truly anything at this point. And I res- and I like emailed back and I was like, so like, can you get me a test? No response. Nothing. So I'm just here. I don't like that. No. At least tell you where you can wait in line for six hours. <laughs> I need you know? an appointment for someplace like out here, LA County, baby. And I'm going to go stick a cotton swab up my nose. Is this your first COVID test? No, you've been tested. Before. No, I've been tested like several times, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I don't think you have COVID toe. I bet you stubbed it. I bet it is frostbite. It's multiple toes. It's like, but it's like random toes. It doesn't matter. We don't need random to talk toes. about my feet. It's random toes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and it's very upsetting. The fact that you just said it's random toes, I'm like thinking of a piano. I can send you my feet pics later if you want them. I don't them. want them. I don't at all, but I'm, oh, oh, that's a lot God. to go through. Yeah, so... Especially in this here Pisces season where we're all just hanging on. <laughs> I am barely hanging on this week. I don't know what is going on. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, so... <laughs> so, so I... It's... Yeah, I had bread for dinner. I had... <laughs> Just bread? Like I put butter on it. I put butter on it. Okay, was it like a like it was not a toasted. French baguette or was yeah. it like okay. That's acceptable. Like I thought it was just like sliced white bread, like fucking wonder bread and like a swatch no. of butter. I don't buy that, Megan. Okay, go um ahead. I do this thing every day where I like wake up late, obviously, because I have no job. <laughs> so <laughs> I get up at like ten thirty. I eat breakfast at like eleven, and then it's like 1 30 and i'm like oh it's not quite uh, not that hunt. but i'll have like a snack but then it's sort of my lunch but then it's not enough to be a lunch so then 5 p.m comes and i'm starving but i'm like it's not dinner time yet so then i went to the store at 5 p.m and bought a baguette and butter and then ate it and then was disgustingly full and then was like um did okay. you eat the full baguette like the entire no. thing oh, okay no but like you but, like could've. a good half <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like now i not only feel like shit, but I'm like, what did I eat? And I bought vegetables. Like, I bought, like, I was going to make soup. <laughs> but you're just like, you know what? Just bread tonight, baby. Because I went to the store at the wrong time. I had bread and butter and root beer. <laughs> I bought a no, two-liter bottle your, of root beer. That was what you washed down your bread and butter with? Root yeah. beer? Yeah. Wow. So we're both truly thriving. <laughs> and I took a 6 p.m. nap. Oh, but those are, those are sometimes good. Actually, no, I've never, yeah, yeah. You wake up in the dark and you're like, what year is it? What year is it? I'm dying. Who am I? I hate waking up in the dark. It makes me feel terrible. Yeah. I've started taking like, my lunch break now for work is actually just me sleeping. I've decided (laughs) to, like, I just skip lunch and I'm just like, I'll nap. Okay. I like that. And I think it's way better for like my productivity and mental health than anything else I could do. Yeah, I would I would love to like not be in my parents' house for a period of time. Yeah. I liked I mean, I worked for a while and it was like 
a pain in the ass because you have to wear a mask for like nine hours, but it was fun. Like I like being with people. Yeah. Well, there was that time that I like worked at a gym for all of two weeks, and that time I was around people. And you were like, those weren't your people. <laughs> they were not my people. I was not peppy enough. They would ask me about what's the best protein shake, and I was like, I don't know. Like the None one of them here. I don't know. <laughs> it was not my not my forte. No. Um, but yeah, stopped working there after, before I even got my first paycheck. So that was good on me. Did you get any money from them? Like barely any. I okay, worked... so they did give you the paycheck. Well, I started working at a gym in LA right before the COVID spike happened, mm-hmm. and like so like Thanksgiving it was, time, right? Yeah, it was like very short lived. It was just like, oh, this could be fun. Gone immediately. And they shut everything down again. Yeah. yeah, so like that was that was cool. But um, <laughs> life's better now professionally for me, so that's good. We've we've oh made it past that point in our in my life. Life is life is worse for me professionally, but also sort of the same because I was <laughs> once again making pizza. <laughs> So now I am not making pizza. Oh my god. But, yeah, I, Megan, I started a blog. <gasps> no! <laughs> okay, this has been such a bad week for us, clearly. When did you start a blog? What's it on? What's it's it called? Just my, it's just my writing. I won't be revealing the name. Why would I reveal the name? Um, We'll talk about it later, but... <laughs> Will you send it to me? Can I read it always? No. I have to... The thing is, you need things to put on your blog. <laughs> I'm still in the process of that part, but I have 11 more days of my Squarespace tour. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, really get that shit locked down within the so trial I'm, period. I'm, like, I'm toying around with it. I'm putting some things on there. I don't have anything to put on there, though. Like, a poem I wrote? That's fucking weird. I was about to be like, just, like, do poetry. Like, we know people that post that shit on Instagram. Like, you could put it on a blog. Right? I feel like I don't care much about the blog but i feel like it is a thing if you like apply to a creative job they'll be like put your links and i'm like what links see i don't put my links like no one will see these links yeah so i'm like what if i had links to a blog to like like, at least like writing samples (laughs) anyway the most shameful part of this is i was rereading something that i was gonna put on this fake blog and i laughed out loud at my own writing last night i was like charlotte Okay, but literally half of what we, uh, like, did together was laugh at our own jokes. Like, that's really just all that well, we yeah, did. yeah, but, like, reading back your own writing that you wrote and knew you wrote, and then you're- It's not even like, oh, I say something and you're like, that was funny. It's like, it already happened and I'm laughing at it in <laughs> retrospect. I don't know. Okay, yeah, if you have any topics you think I should write on, let me know, because I am looking for anything to say. Because I have let- nothing to say. Let us know. We have no way for anyone to oh, let us know anything. I'm talking to Megan. I'm not speaking to anyone else. <laughs> As I always am. I'm never speaking to an audience. Oh my god. Okay, I will think on topics for you to write about. Yeah, Maybe you, you can there's... make, like, a subsequent... <laughs> I'm already coming at you with an idea. She Get knows. Ready. I don't know. Write about... Like, take your notes on the blog and then just read your blog for the podcast. No, don't do that. I'm, I'm like, do you... I if, if you saw the notes that I took, <laughs> you'd be like, these can't go anywhere. <laughs> It's usually me just being like, who is this character again? <laughs> I will say, I'm very proud of myself. I transferred into the 21st century of my note-taking today. It is on the Notes app on my computer. It is no longer in a notebook, so, wow. The thing is, you always, it, you always, whether you're doing it in a notebook or you're doing it on a different screen from where you're watching, you have to, like, leave the movie. And so I'm like, do I pause it? Or do um, I really You know that you can, like, minute? sync your phone to your laptop so, like, you can, like, type it on your phone while you're watching... On your laptop. But either way, you have to look at what you're typing to some extent. You are, like, missing (laughs) what's on the screen for, like, 15 seconds. Yes, that is true. And I don't know how I feel about that conceptually. I also hate people who are on their phones during movies. This is not related to, like, (laughs) taking notes on the movie. But, like, there are people who do it. I don't even care about movie, like... But, like, when you're at home and you're watching a movie, I'm like, why watch it if you're just going to be on your I'm I'm so bad at that. I really am. I've gotten worse (laughs) at it (laughs) during COVID. Um, because I don't know why I'm just like, everything's boring to me right now, even when I'm watching a good Mm. movie. But there was, I watched, um, something on Hulu. It was called In and of Itself. Have you heard of that? Yes. You, it's because it was on your letterbox. Yeah, so you heard about it from me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it was like one of the ones, like, it started by like, had a little disclaimer at the beginning. They're like, put down your phone. And I was like, I needed that reminder, actually. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it was oh, good for me. Cute. See, that's the shit that I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like, no, like I need that. I, I okay. like emotionally needed that. And I was like, you're right. Put, put my phone down. Like, I don't need to be glued to two screens at once. Like, you can handle this. Yeah. Wait, m- more importantly, you finished fucking Dune. Oh, my and I'm God. I'm pissed at you because I am still exactly where I was since the last time we talked. Again. How did you do it? I have watched the trailer, like, five times. I the hate trailer you. trailer is amazing. I want to watch the trailer so bad, and I can't. I have to the finish comments- it. The comments on the YouTube trailer, first of all, one of them is like, if this movie isn't three hours long, I'll be mad, which is me also, even though I hate three hour movies, as we know, but I'm like, I do want every bit of this to be pieced through, you know? That was, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's then, gonna sound horrible on a mic. Who knows? You keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the another comment was like, good night, Dune trailer, I will see you in the morning, and I'm like, this is, this is me. Like, I will be watching... The music is really, really good. Well, I feel like you're going to watch it a million times because you're like, fuck yeah, I finished this fucking book and it's great. How did you, how did you do it? Like, I have been stuck so many times. What part are you stuck at? I don't even know. (laughs) It's been so long since I picked it up. I figured out whose end day is, so that's helpful. (laughs) Okay, it's later, right? Yeah. I think I am, I am like almost halfway through book two. Okay, so almost halfway through the whole book. There's three <laughs> so, like, I am almost halfway through, actually, in both ways. <laughs> the last significant thing that I can remember is that, like, Paul and Jessica, like, survived that fucking sandstorm situation, and mm-hmm. then they've been, like, camping and running around. And... There's a lot of camping and running around. <laughs> right? And Very I feel Lord like of the Rings. there's been a lot of camping and running around for, like, 50 pages where I'm like, I can't tell you a significant event that has happened during that time. Yes. Because no- nothing happens. Yeah. Um, It gets good after that. They introduce <laughs> a lot more characters. Okay. And it's good for, like, I feel like I text you, it's good for, like, a bunch of pages. And the last, like, little bit, like, 150 pages, I was like, okay. This is, like, it's interesting. But Wait, it's the like, last 150 <laughs> pages were bad? My, mine is 800 pages. So the last 150 pages. Oh, yeah, we, we compared this. I have a very, like, small baby book, and you yeah, have a very large like, one. Yours is, like, 500, baby. Mine is 800. Yeah. Like, mine is also, very... like, I think actually from when it was released, because it was from my Nana's, like, closet. Just, like, yeah. deep. Like, the, the cover is just fucked up and ripped. Um, But... God, I'm so fucking jealous you gotta watch the trailer. Maybe I'll finish I mean, it this weekend. I you won't, can also just but you watch know. it before you finish No, it. I will never. I'd have to. I have to finish this book. Honestly, if you get to the point where you meet the new characters, because you meet them sort of all at the same time, then it's like, okay, you're not gonna be like, there's nobody new in the trailer that you haven't met yet. If I watch the trailer before I finish the book, I will never finish the book. Like, I have you won't, to. But the trailer doesn't, like, it's not the movie. I know. Ugh, but I have to do it. It's the only motivation I have. You haven't even seen, like, Timothy Chalamet with, like, the little box of pain, and it's like, oh, so well shot. Shut up. I'll, I refuse to. Well, Fuck. I will watch it after this with my root beer float. <laughs> <laughs> root beer Looking float? Looking to, to my little treat. <laughs> Brad, root beer, root beer float. Like, dinner of champions. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Well, maybe I'll finish Dune. Tune in yeah, next week. Will. Maybe I'll do it. It won't be next week, but we'll see. <laughs> it won't be next week. Also, Megan has a job. so like, I do have a job. I do. So that so makes like, a difference. Things are different. Yeah. I just like sat and read it a lot one day. Yeah, I need to just do that. I need to like pick like a Saturday or Sunday. Like, you aka don't the weekend. Do that. Like, you're, that's not, like, you're, I don't know. Do it like 20 pages every night if that's. I, I thought that I could do that, but it's not working. Because again, I look at it every night next to my bed and i'm like this is the night you can do it and then immediately i'm like asleep like i can't do it <laughs> this happens to me um with a portrait of the artist as a young man which i talked about i think already that i yeah. don't like because it's boring and i told my parents on the phone the other day when i was growing up they had a massive copy of ulysses the book by james joyce in this one bookshelf in our family room and my whole life I grew up just staring at the spine which says ulysses and i was like that's a biography of president grant like i was <laughs> That has to be. Because I had never seen that word in any other context. And now I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that huge book was definitely not a biography. Well, I never picked it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child. 
Uh, yeah. But again, as we've learned this week about me, I'll lie about it, apparently. Not intentionally, yes. but I just panic. Anyways, like, should we transition after a, a hot 30 minutes of just bullshit? Um, yes, Megan. It turns out lies a lot, because for this week we're going to talk about movies that we had lied about seeing. Which was hard for me to think of. And Megan was like, here's my <laughs> list. <laughs> I literally sent you just, I was like, here's a list of five, let me know if you need more. Like, you choose which yeah. one interests you the most. I, as discussed earlier, if we decide to keep that in, I panic immediately when someone says, have you seen? And I was like, in my mind, it doesn't matter what comes next. I have to say yes. And I don't know if to it's an what? anxiety thing. my integrity? Like- I don't know. It's stupid. It got way worse when I went, spent a semester in a film school and people mm-hmm. would be like, oh, have you seen blah? And I was like, Yes, 100%. They were probably like totally eight and a half. Sure. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> like, they were, like, talking about movies, and I was like, I was the only person there that was, like, not, like, legit film at that point. And I was like, fuck. Like, I have to, like, pretend that I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was, um, it's, like, not good. It's not a good thing. And then, Norm, I always, after I say, yes, I've seen it, and then they're like, what do you think about it? I'm, I immediately want to be like, okay, that was not true. I panicked and just said yes. And then I'm like, I can't do it. I have to just, I'm here now. This is the life I'm living. And I just need mm-hmm. to vaguely be like, yeah, nah, I don't know. Yeah, it was good. <sighs> it's really a problem and it's embarrassing. And yeah, I, you had to think on it, which is like a good thing. And I was like, choose, like, pick up a litter they're all they're all up for grabs because yeah i have a problem yeah so what did you choose oh yeah because i'm going first till the day we die so mm-hmm. the one that <laughs> i guess we chose collectively but you you narrowed my list down for me um so i appreciate that because it was an embarrassingly long list but mm-hmm. i decided to go with it's a wonderful life because that is a movie that i figured out later i have lied to myself about it I've I've lied about it in two ways. So I've lied about it to myself, and I've lied about it to other people. So <laughs> you're like, I have convinced myself that I've seen this movie. Literally, okay, because I think I said this to you the other when I when you were texting about it. I was like, I've seen the stage play of this, one hundred percent, seen it. Like that's why I always say that I've seen the movie. I was watching this movie. I've not seen a stage play of this. I don't know what I was talking about. So my first note is, okay, I definitely have an implanted memory of seeing this. It's not true. I was like, I creepy. Yeah. And I was like, I asked my parents, I was like, have I like, was there a stage play of this? My sister was in the theater. Did she do like a school performance of this? No, of course not. Why would there be a school performance of It's a Wonderful Life? I don't know. Of course not. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways, so we watched this. And, well, it was fucking great. It was really good. And I'm really glad that I finally watched it. And I've been told probably for my, whatever, 20, you know, 20 whatever years, by my dad that this is the best movie. And I've been like, well, you see it black and white. So good. Yeah. No, so good. Okay, wait. Did you watch the original black and white or did you watch the color version? I watched there was the original two black and white. Same. Okay, good. We're on the same page then. Great. <laughs> we are both auteurs. <laughs> we are. We went with the original. Um. Anyways, okay. So I should... I I didn't do like my normal research for this. I That's think okay. I'm just flustered this week. I don't but... care at all. You say dates and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot remember the date for this at all. It's like 46 or 49. I was talking to my parents last night and they were like, the dude in it, Jimmy Stewart, like fought in World War II. So they're like, it couldn't have been during World War II. (laughs) He wasn't there. Yes. See, I know a lot about Jimmy Stewart because I'm obsessed with Jimmy Stewart. He's like my old timey Hollywood crush. I think he's fucking great. And also all his movies are incredible. Not all of them, but like most of them. And it's directed by Frank Capra, who's like also a big hollywood you know legend he did mr smith goes to washington all that good stuff it stars donna reed who's kind of like the classic old hollywood it girl like blonde like curly like that that old-fashioned hairstyle like you're like oh it's like in a little like curler bob and all that that's a bad description (laughs) that style yeah big hollywood curls but basically, the movie is about George Bailey, who Jimmy Stewart is playing George Bailey, and it's like kind of like the Christmas Carol. It's based on it loosely. It's kind of like Seventeen again. Okay, <laughs> what is your obsession with comparing things to Seventeen again? But like, it it's kind like, of is. You're right. <laughs> it's a transformation story. He's literally in a river, and like, 
there, that's, there, maybe that's where Seventeen again got that yeah, idea. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, Seventeen again is like playing off of that for sure. It's not the other way around. <laughs> but, but, uh, but anyway, so George Bailey is considering committing suicide, um, the on Christmas Eve because like he lost a bunch of money and he's freaking out. And basically, an angel comes down and is like, "Here's like." It shows his life leading up to that point, and it's like, your life is actually good. It has a classic kind of like, oh, this is what your lo- the world would be like if you weren't in it. And he's like, oh my god, I should actually not kill myself, and it's a wonderful life, and it's great. And then they all come together at the end and, like, save him by just donating so much money, and it's so yeah. nice. and it's like, you are rich if you have friends. Yeah. And it's like... All of these, because he, I mean, he did originally, like, literally give them money. <laughs> yeah. His honeymoon money he gave out during, I guess it's the Great Depression. I the wasn't run on the banks. sure. I think it was just a random run on the bank, but maybe it. it was the Great Depression. I don't know. I don't know. It's, also, it's kind of vague. Yeah. But he, like, does sort of give out his own personal money to people, and then they're like, you were there for me when I needed it, so we're all going to be there for you. Which is, it, I did really, I never, I cry at movies, but it's always sort of, like, your eyes get wet. I, like, had, like, tears dripping down my face, which I don't think I've ever had for a movie, to be honest. Ever? I'm trying to think of, like, the saddest movie I've ever seen. Maybe Grave of the Fireflies? But, like, I, I think I usually get, like, sort of teary-eyed, but then it usually, like, goes away. Oh, I, like, cry in movies a lot. <laughs> this is also, like, it's a happy movie. It's, like, a happy cry. Yes, not, this is a I happy mean, cry. Yeah, it is, like, there's a lot of sadness in the movie, because he does sort of get to... A very discouraged place but you're like i'm crying at the end because like he has so much love and he had all that love all along and it's the whole movie you're just watching him get fucked over like he pays yeah. for his brother to go to college like he can't get his little trip to europe which always sort of flies in the face of whatever her name is mary who wants mm-hmm. to marry him from the beginning and she's which is just like so sweet at the beginning scene and when he's a little kid and she's like she's like is this the ear that you're deaf in and then like whispers i'm gonna marry you or i'm yeah. gonna love you forever and i was like so cute she's so cute and she like remembers everything from the first time that they like dance and fall in the pool and then she makes the <gasps> picture scene. george lassos the moon and she like really cares about all these details and so a lot of us i was kind of like fuck you george bailey like you're not which is like you know he went through his own shit he came around it's fine but i was like i did feel like sometimes i feel like mary i'm like oh my god i remember so many things about like this or this person and it feels like nobody sort of is receptive to that this is my own personal singleness and sadness but i'm like yeah like nobody is everybody's sort of like i just want to go to europe and be a man and i'm like okay have fun yeah well that's like this movie it's just, it's like, well, it's a, it's a classic movie and they do everything right. Like, everything is just right about this movie. And yeah, they have the perfect dichotomy and, like, foil between um, George and Mary. Like, George is, like, so desperate to get out of the town and he wants to be bigger than it and he thinks that he's better and he doesn't, like, take the time to look around and be like, wow, I have a lot of great things here. And Mary is just the foil to that, where, like, she doesn't. She's not, like, mad at him for wanting to go see the world and do other things, but she's, it's not what makes her happy. That's not where she's finding her sense of joy. And I think it's such a common thing. Like, I feel like everyone can relate to that. Like, that there were times when you're like, I want to get out of this town. Like, you know, I am, I have to go do something. And it's sometimes to the detriment of not realizing everything that you have is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And that you can have a nice little happy life there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just also so many cute scenes in this. This just movie made me feel good, made me smile. I thought the pool scene, the high school like graduation yes. dance party was I don't one know of why my it exists. I don't know. Apparently I looked it up. It's a real um like high school in Beverly Hills. That's like that's a thing. Like it I don't okay. know why, but it's it's a real place. And but I was like this is fucking great. I love yeah. that they're all doing the Charleston. For some reason, they're the only two people that don't realize that yes. the pool is separated. I don't even care that it's cheesy because it's adorable. And yeah. then they jump in and then they fall in and then everyone just jumps in. I'm like, this is great. And it's like yeah. so high school. People would totally do that. Yeah, I would still do it at any age. It's like better yeah. to be in the water feature than not in the water feature. That's for sure. Yeah. And then they also, walk home like, and there's you this- just have like a parade of ambulances going by. I didn't know you could hear that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fire, I think. New York, baby. Yeah, it's fire. But, um, sorry to our <laughs> listeners. We protect the microphone. 
Yeah, and, and then they have this weird little bit, because I love the banter between the two of them, which is hard to capture. I think a lot of movies get chemistry wrong. And, like, Angus Long's a perfect song. <laughs> Just, like, playing air guitar for no reason. They have a good banter, except for the part where she loses her robe, and he, like, parades it around the okay. bush. And I'm like, yeah, there's a couple of moments where this movie where I'm like, oh, we're we're back in old Hollywood where things yeah, are not good. I'm like, dude, like, just give it to her. She's naked. Yeah. Also, I'm like, is she naked or is she just, like, wearing a bra and underwear? (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I would just walk home in, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, well, it's, like, different times. But also, I'm like, is she just hiding in a bush naked? Because I'm like, that's, like, a lot of, like, prickly parts, like, not good. (laughs) A lot of prickly parts. myself. She's, like, in a hydrangea plant. I don't know. I don't know plants. I I feel like that's concerning. Yeah. But it was cute overall. But yeah, the whole time she's kind of like, and he's like, I'm going to Europe to find myself. And I'm like, are you like some parts of it? I am a little bit like you're sort of disrespecting like what you have here, which I get. Yeah. But I think I'm just so much more likely to be the merry person, maybe just because I'm so like grandma and boring. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like, why don't you just see that she's cool and she's there and you're happy. But he's like, time to leave and time to. And then, of course, he gets mad again later in his life that he never did that. Which I do think is something that, like, I wonder if he ever does sort of get over that regret. Like, he never went to Italy. He never went, you know, like, he probably would have liked doing that. And maybe he would have come back and had the same life. Yeah. But I think that's also the point of the movies that, like, be grateful for the life that you had. And it doesn't mean that your life is over. Like, he can still go to Italy. Like, you know, he could do that later. And I hope that mm-hmm. they did in the imaginary world that they lived in. I hope in. that Zuzu went to Italy. <laughs> I also, I'm like a fan of the name Zuzu. Yeah, my parents were like, oh, it's obviously a nickname for Susan. I was like, what? Oh. I don't know. That makes Apparently sense. Apparently it's definitely a nickname, but I'm like, Yeah, that would, that would make sense. Yeah. But... Also, the best part of this movie is Annie, the housekeeper, in the beginning, where she's uh-huh. like, all children should be born girls! <laughs> I do really like her. Like, and then she goes, <laughs> she goes, boys and girls and music? Why do they need gin? she has some um, fantastic lines like i was kind of worried and it does play into the whole like black maid mammy trope that like is definitely brought in like oh she's a black woman and she's still like happy about like serving you know a white family which is like Mm -hmm. a classic thing that they have especially in those older hollywood um movies but it didn't come off that way because they gave her her own character and personality and like she was you know her own person at the end, she was like, I was saving this money for my divorce. Were I ever to get married? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, they, t- <laughs> she I was like, what? Funny lines, like she did. <laughs> she was the funniest. Yeah, and she was like, cool with them. They were buds, like her and the kids. Also, Harry's hot. Wait, which one, Harry? The brother, the little brother. Oh, was, oh, oh, gets, oh, like, yes, 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 yes. Or, like, yeah, the older Harry, yes, he's hot. He's hot, and Jimmy Stewart is not pulling off. 18 or 20 okay 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 yes but i think that is just in terms of like casting they like he's playing yeah the he's playing he's the same actor like playing an entire lifetime like at the end how old is he he's like in 30s right like yeah, it's like Little Women, like, yeah. Florence Pugh is not playing a 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> no like, one is believing that. That didn't bother me, and also, ugh, I could just watch Jimmy Stewart act all the time. I, he was fine. Really? I was like, this I... is not Cary Grant. Like, he's Okay, fine. you're more of a Cary Grant guy, a person, okay. But yeah, like, I guess. But I just think Jimmy Stewart is so charming, and I love the cadence of his voice, like, it's the most distinctive voice ever, and... He has good, like, moments of physical comedy. Like, that's what I've always liked about Jimmy Stewart is he's so versatile of an actor. And, Mm. you know, like, he can go from drama into comedy into, you know, just everything in between. Like, just, like, at, like, a turn of a dime. And, like, for example, like, this, um, when he goes to see Mr. Potter and he sits down in the chair and the chair is, like, aggressively low. Like, the way that he plays that off is just perfect it's just so so good like it's not sad or anything but it's so funny and i just oh i love him yeah because there is a tendency in like older movies i feel like to like be heavy-handed with jokes like that and it is nice that he kind of just like is like i guess i'm sitting here it's funny because he doesn't make a big deal out of it yeah i also at one point he like lights his cigarette by striking a match on the stairs of a house and i was like that was hot (laughs) i liked that for you (laughs) That was hot. Jimmy Stewart's a hot guy. 
He's yeah. very, like, he's the classic Hollywood it man, you know? Mm-hmm. But I saw today on TikTok that you can open a bottle by, like, uncoiling a tape measure and then, like, letting the tape measure, like, flick back up and the little, like, Oh, that, that makes sense. We'll pop it off. And I was like, I will be trying that. That looks fun. And this relates to Jimmy Stewart, like, swiping like, the match. Yeah, yeah, a weird way to get your advice. <laughs> okay, so, like, let me know how that goes for you. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a really sweet movie, and I liked Clarence. He was so cute. Oh, my God, yeah. And it was, like, even, like, when things were cheesy, like, in the beginning, like, when the comments were, the comments were talking to each I other. I that was love great. It. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So I cute. I was like, this is, they're making the best with what they have, you know? They're, like, probably, like, drew some white dots on construction paper, (laughs) and they were like, put the camera here. Okay, but this movie does cool shit. Like, okay, I was researching it, because I was like, how have I, I'm such an idiot for, one, lying about this, and two, like, not having seen this before. But do you know that this was the movie that, like, invented fake snow? Oh my god, the snow was so fake the whole time, but I loved it. Okay, but it was better. Did you? They apparently used painted cornflakes beforehand in Hollywood, and so they would have to, like, ADR all the audio afterwards, mm-hmm. because they would be, like, crunching on fucking cornflakes <laughs> everywhere. And so this was the first Crunch. time that they made, like, it was like a mixture of, like, foam and soap, and I don't know exactly. But they wanted a Technical Academy Award for it, because they were like, holy shit, now you can record sound live. With snow, because yeah. it's not cornflakes. I found that noisy. fascinating. I love that. Yeah. My other fun fact that I learned is, okay, did you, my first question is, like, why is there all these random motherfucking animals in their building? They're, like, building and loan. Oh, like the, the crow. Cr- the crow. Did you, and also the s- comical part when the squirrel, like, comforts um the uncle when he loses the money, <laughs> and he just, like, <laughs> meep. It's so cute. Love that part. It's like, <laughs> why was there a squirrel? But I loved it. But apparently that crow is in every one of Frank Capra's movies as a good luck charm. Here's the thing. I was watching the movie and I paused it. And at the bottom, it comes up with like what actors were in it. And it was like, buddy, (laughs) the crow. crow. And I was like, what? Yeah. Jimmy, the crow is like in all these movies. So like they just like write in a crow, which is great. Okay. Whatever. I mean, the crow worked. It was weird, but they were all like, I love that when there's something in the scene and nobody (laughs) says anything about it. And you're like, okay. Normal. They're like, cool crow, crow in the building. Because, okay, this is lame, but I was, like, reading about when people write things, like, screenplays or short stories, or, like, when they build worlds. He was like, yeah, it's about deciding, like, what planet are you on? Are you on Earth or are you on Arrakis? You know what I mean? But he's like, it's also about deciding, even if you're on Earth, like, is this the kind of Earth where neighbors borrow sugar from each other or not? You know, is this the kind of where people feed the squirrels or not, you know? It's, yeah. like, so many more minute details than that. And I always think that's interesting. It's like, oh, this is a world where there's a crow in the office and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Also, just, like, a very nice town of people. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, hey, so-and-so. Like, it varies, like... But that's the whole point. Small is that, like, town nostalgia. It's very worth it to preserve that. And he's, like, working for the little man who just wants a house. I will say, though, when he goes back and hasn't been born, Pottersville looks fucking fun. I'm like, okay, let's go out in Pottersville. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, it was a little bit more like, look at this smut. And you're like, showgirls and like theater yeah. and stuff. I was like, I like, would attend cool. this. Yeah. yeah. Looks like a bar. I do. <laughs> also, my favorite part of like that flashback or alternate reality flash forward back, whatever you want to call it. When they're like, oh, what would Mary look like? Glasses. Like just the classic throw some glasses on her. She's a sad librarian. Librarian. Like, that's it. <laughs> Which I would love to be. A little silly librarian finishing my little shift at the library and then going home. Like, perfect. A perfect life for me. It also took a very long time for people to intervene as she's being attacked by a man on the street. I also hated that. That was classic, like, woman being normal, man being like, must restrict her. (laughs) Yeah. Just not good. He was having an out-of-body experience. It also wasn't really happening. Yeah, it wasn't really happening. (laughs) Like, it was all just like a thing. Give it to him. Yeah, but there was, okay, the other thing that I have in my notes that I'm looking at is at the very beginning when he, like, keeps the um, druggist or farm, they call him a druggist, it's a pharmacist, but I don't know Mm -hmm. why it's called a druggist, but I guess it was. Did he eat poison? Did he just, like, test it? He was like, "Mm, mmm, poison. They do that. 
They do that in like murder mysteries. Yeah, you've never seen somebody like they're like, oh my god, I think they poisoned her with arsenic, and then it will taste something. Like, oh, it is. Like you can do that with poison. You can. I think. Yeah, like do a little like tongue taste. You're like, oh my god, it is poison. Yeah. I think (laughs) I've definitely seen people do that before. Like in In real life? No, in movies. Okay, I will say I understand what you're saying about like. To people, you know, you have to have the same actor playing. Mr. Gower should be dead the whole movie. I'm like, this man in scene one is a hundred. And then you're telling me he lives 40 more years? No. He was... <laughs> he... Yeah, that's a very good point. Maybe he just looked very looked very haggard, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. his son had just died. Yeah, and I guess in the beginning I was kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, he was gonna poison this kid like crazy. And then I was like, I guess that sort of is life. It's just like people around you helping you not do terrible things not you murder know children like i was like oh my god that's crazy he almost like murdered this child and it was like jimmy stewart that didn't intervened but i'm like that happens in ways that you probably don't realize a lot <laughs> wait but also my question why do they have poison in there like a giant bottle of poison that's an excellent question i don't know the answer to that also, I definitely wept when they were like, I was like, oh, my brother, he won this big medal. And they were like, your brother died when he was nine years old. I was like, oh, I know. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. You helped him have such like a. Oh, an amazing meaningful life. life. Yeah. yeah. And that's like a gift in itself. Even if you're like, I never went to Europe. You're still like, well, my brother lived. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's like a good one. I also really liked the kid who played young um, George Bailey. Mm hmm. I just thought he was, like, very charismatic. And also, why does he have a job? Why does he have a job? (laughs) Why does he have a job? I don't know. He also is the only person, like, working there. The guy's in the back possibly poisoning children. He's like, let me make you some ice cream and do all this stuff. He's like, you want coconut? You should want coconut. And I was like, dude, quit it with the coconut. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I'm pro-coconut on ice cream, so I approve. Uh, I like Samoas, but the limits of coconut are there for me. Okay, cool. But... Yeah, it was just a sweet movie. Like, I understand why people love it so much. Yeah, I was like, I would absolutely rewatch this. It's meaningful. Christmas movie, for I... sure. Put it into the cycle. Yeah, I thought it was just, yeah. And it makes you, it does make you think. You're like, oh, all of these stupid little things that I... Yeah. Oh, my other favorite you moment know. before we move on is in the ending when he comes in and he's like, he's just screaming. He's like, hello, yes, I am going to jail. Just like totally happy. I was like, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just, it, it it did, like, hold on to meaning for me. I was like, this is important to remember that you are worth. I also liked, it was really sad at the end when he was, like, gonna kill himself for his life, which I didn't realize for so long. I was like, he's gonna oh, kill he's himself because he's life sad. Insurance? He was doing it for the life insurance. Yeah. And because he was like, you're worth more dead than alive. And I was like, that's so true and makes me so sad. Yeah. And I think that comes up sometimes. I, I watched A Hidden Life, Terrence Malick's movie, and he basically, like, becomes a martyr because he won't join the German-Austrian army and, like, swear his obedience to Hitler. And I'm like, it's he is kind of worth more dead than alive. Like, it's kind of, it, I don't know, brought up some, like, fucked up ideas of, like, it, sometimes you do have to sort of use your death <laughs> to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, Weird. like, fucked up capitalist system that we live in that makes yes. you do that. Like, this is, this movie, not pro-banks, not pro-big banks. Oh. Back to the local banks. Mr. We Potter's bad. Capitalism kills the working man. Yeah, all that. Mr. Potter was bad. Yeah. Yay, he was fat and ugly. <laughs> and he was, like, in a fancy wheelchair at the end, too. Yeah. The whole time, I think. I didn't think he was at the whole time. It was later. That was, like, how he's, like, he's aged now. He's an old man. <laughs> okay, maybe you're right. Yeah. Okay, overall, but... I give it five stars. I was like, life-changing movie, we'll watch again. Yeah, okay, I was, I, this was my debate. You held back a half star. I held back a half star because I was like, I am too liberal with the five star situation. Like, I've been looking at my letterbox and, like, adjusting some reviews because I'm like, I really hit that five star button too fast. Where I'm like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But, like. (laughs) We'll pretend I never asked. (laughs) No, no. like, you can ask, but I'm trying to think because, like, I, I, like, think, like, I feel like five stars should be reserved for movies that I'm like, wow, this is not only perfect and amazing, but it also like added something super revolutionary and different, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, I, agree. I feel like I'm like, I'm trying to, for all my letterbox followers, all seven of them or whatever. <laughs> like, I want to be like, 
more disturbing where i'm like five stars is like wow peak amazing four and a half is like absolutely incredible yeah but not quite like quite like revolutionary filmmaking you know i feel like i actually abuse the four and a half a lot interesting because it is that little bit i'm like the movies that i've given five stars it, it's a wonderful life um 2001 a space odyssey and the social network okay because yeah i think those are great movies and everything else that i'm like wow this is great changed my life i think about it all the time i get four and a half just sort of like and four is honestly just like movies that are good you know like yeah <laughs> three three and a half and four all the same number honestly and then like below three it's like bad <laughs> it doesn't make any sense uh, yeah so i feel like i lean on four and a half because i'm like it's not quite five i don't have to like See, I think that, like, I was really living in a four and five star world, and I was like, I need to start living in that four and a half sweet spot. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm I'm trying to do. It's easy living. Yeah. Addictive. Four and a half is addictive. We'll see if I stick with it. Like, this is four and a half bordering five stars, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like all of the five star movies that I've given, I literally have nothing to say in my letterbox review. I'm just like, good shit. (laughs) Yeah, like, if it's five stars, you're like, perfection come on like i'm trying to think of some things that i gave five stars like inglorious bastards i think is like has one of the best scripts ever so Mm -hmm. i'm like that's in there um i haven't rated this one in letterbox but like i'd be like rear window would be one that i was like five stars 100 Mm percent but then i also have weird stuff like i also have an animated short paper man that i'm like that's five stars that thing is fucking brilliant but i don't know okay i'm glad you've seen it yeah it's my okay. favorite. I think it's time to move on because now that you've brought up Inglorious Bastards, I have Tarantino thoughts. Ooh, yes. Perfect segue into the next one. Yeah, I have a lot to talk about with this one with you. Yes. So here's the thing. Megan was like, I suggested this topic. I was like, movies that we lied about seeing. And then I was like, well, I don't know what mine is, though. I can't really think of any. And Megan's like, I, I love this. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I have many. a million. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so I thought about movies. Here's the thing. I picked Kill Bill, volume one. I... I didn't watch volume two for this, but I, like, literally the end of Kill Bill, I was like, I kind of want to know what happened. You have to watch volume two two now. Who knows if I will, because I gave it two stars on Letterboxd. But Kill Bill volume one, I definitely saw, like, 20 minutes of this fight scene on cable once. (laughs) And I was like, I've seen this movie. Which, to be fair, to be fair, I have seen the movie. If you've seen, like, 20 minutes of the fight scene, what else is there to see? That's my opinion. Very disagree with that. But also, I think that's more of your type of lie, where you're like, I've seen five minutes of this movie, I've seen it all. It's also like, I convinced myself that I had seen it. I was like, Just like me with It's a Wonderful Life, the stage play. That doesn't happen. And then I was like, Charlotte, you have not watched this movie. Or if I had watched it, which is possible, it like, you know, in one ear, out the other. And I was like, what is this movie about? So it's about (laughs) Uma Thurman, (laughs) Black Mamba, who was like, that's the thing. You don't know anything the whole time. There's like these characters that she is, it's a revenge movie. She wants to kill these people that have wronged her. It starts with her, you think, being killed because she's a pregnant bride and killed in like, what is it? El Paso, maybe? Yeah, it's in Texas. Yeah, like church, courthouse, I don't know, um, where she's having a wedding and she's going to hunt down the people that were somehow involved in her killing. And so it starts with her in a knife fight with somebody from the team that she doesn't like. <laughs> Vivica and then the A. Whole... Fox plays her. And it's um, Vernita Copperhead. Yes, Copperhead. So she like fights Copperhead. And that's a really good, sharp start, I think. And then we go to, we sort of get, there's like weird chapter titles, which I think are fucking stupid. It's, and then we it's go... classic Tarantino storytelling where it's jumping around timelines. Here's the thing. Tarantino. My good friend. Um, I don't care. I don't give a single shit about this screenplay at all. I don't think anything interesting happens to a character. Honestly. I think a lot of the details are interesting. Like the pussy wagon and stuff like that. I think, yeah, I like the shots. I like the overhead shots. I like the cereal that she gets the gun out of and she spills cereal everywhere. And then, you know, Uma Thurman has to crunch around. I think, obviously, the fight scenes are cool. I think it's really cool that she has this whole conversation with the guy at the sushi place. And then turns out he's a sword maker. I think a lot of it is cool, but ultimately I'm like, this is a character who wants to beat the shit out of people, and that's not something I care about. Yeah, it's it's weird because I've I've seen well, I'm like a huge Tarantino fan, which I'll get into my conflict of being a Tarantino fan later. But um 
I've seen both volume one and two multiple times. And I can never think about these movies separately. In my mind, they're like one movie. And you Mm -hmm. haven't seen the other one. So I'm like, a lot of of this movie, yet there's like giant gaps in in the plot. Like you don't understand all the pieces and the motivation if you've only Mm -hmm. seen volume one and you haven't seen volume two. But even when it, like, again, I was reading Roger Ebert reviews as I do of this, and it was talking about how this movie is all storytelling with no story, which is very true. And it depends on who you are and what you like, but, like, I am into that with Tarantino, especially on this one. But as I touched upon in my review, I think the, I think the issue isn't that I think he's telling a story poorly, I think it's just that the story he's telling doesn't interest me. I'm like, this is not a character that's like uncovering an interesting part of her psyche. I guess I just like coming of age stories and stuff like that. Like people who really have some sort of like something to uncover with themselves. It just seems like there were events that happened that unfolded in a plot. And now I don't know. I haven't seen volume two. Yeah. I feel like with, with this one, Tarantino does this with a lot of his movies, but he is just so, he has a passion for movies and it shows up in his films like no other director, I really think, at least modern director that there is, because he pays homage to all these different genres and really plays with all these different aspects of different genres and, you know, everything from westerns to drama to noirs to all the kung fu and martial art movies. And, like, that's that's also the problem with Tarantino because he's, a, a, you know, he's a problematic person at times. And it's like, when does it go from homage to appropriation, you know? And I feel like that's a really hard line for me always. What would he be appropriating? In terms of all the stuff that he does with the martial arts films, Mm. like, think about, like, how heavy-handed he is with, like, his Japanese characters and, like, the kung fu scenes and stuff like that. And it's it's hard. It's a hard line, Mm -hmm. especially, like... I think it's a hard line if you aren't able to separate him as a person from him as a filmmaker, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's very much a white dude film nerd that's like, oh, I'm a part of this, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, I'll do this. But he's not necessarily respecting those people outside in his normal life, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. And I don't think, I think I've answered the question of whether I can separate the art from the artist. And the answer is no. Yeah. Because I watched Chinatown. But... yeah. And I was just so, ugh. Anyway. It, it, it's, like, such an interesting question when people are like, can you separate the art from the artist? I'm like, okay, have you, does your skin crawl when you watch this? Because mine does. And it's, like, it's not a question that I ask. It's just, like, a feeling that I have when I'm watching something where I'm like, oh, this person is a problem. And it's obviously a different sort of problem between, you know, Roman Plansky and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. But with Tarantino, he just infuses a sense of fun in his movies that I think is just contagious. Like, this movie is so fun. The music, like, the action scenes, like, I think Uma Thurman's amazing in this. It's just, like, it's it's hard not to love for me. I liked the music. I thought the fight scenes were incredibly boring, but I think they are frequently. I thought the, the blood was fun. The, like, sort of very fakey blood spurting was fine. By far, honestly, my favorite... Well, first of all, there's this shot... There's, like, a blue grid that they're fighting in front of. I like that so shot good. a lot. I told you I liked the shot with the cereal on the ground. And I liked the water fountain in the final scene where they're fighting in the snow. There's, like, that little, like, water fountain that keeps tipping. I thought that was really nice. There's, like, a lot of details that stand out. There's a lot of, like, in my opinion, dramatic moments. Like, when right at the end they're, like, does she know her daughter's still alive? It's just, like, why are you doing this? Like, why can't you just be normal? Like, why are your characters talking like And for me, that's a lot of, like, Tarantino is such a fan of 70s films and the black exploitation films and just films that talk in that very dramatic manner. And so I'm like, when I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's what he's playing off of. Like, that's kind of what he's going for. But that's not for everyone, for sure. Yeah. I just was like, there's, like, nothing really interesting happens in this. It also drove me crazy that there's... There's three times that we see her crossing off her list. Well, there, we see her crossing off the list twice, but we see her writing it once. 
and two of them have red ink and one of them has black ink. You can just keep the list around. We're supposed to assume that it's the same list the whole time, right? We don't think that she's written another one. No, it's the so same it's like, one. Why the lack of continuity is what I'm asking. Oh, oh, you're saying it's a continuity. Oh, I understand what you're saying. I thought you were saying like you just were annoyed that like she chose to write in different colors, like the character. But you're saying no. there's a continuity error. It's like originally she writes it in red and there's a scene where she's crossing one of the names off and it's in black. Oh, like, I don't. I don't remember that. I think yeah, it was the same list, really but maybe shouldn't bother me. <laughs> no, continuity errors are a problem. I wonder if it's like I know, like because when she writes like death list five or something like that, so mm-hmm. maybe it's a different version. But huh, that is a detail that I don't remember that well. There's no need for me to bring that up, but um, no, if it yeah, bothers you, it bothers you. When they started the final fight scene and I looked at the time remaining, I was like, you're kidding me. Like, we're not about to sit through 40 minutes of fighting. And we were. You are. And I think I I love each segment of this movie. I think it's just tight and well done and I really like it. I The ending fight scene, I think, is fucking fun and brilliant. And But nothing compares to the first with Vivica A. Fox and that scene of how they're just flipping Mm -hmm. back and forth from super tense and then the daughter comes home and they stop for coffee and just all Mm -hmm. of that is just the classic tarantino like build up to and suspense that i just think is fucking brilliant it was good i did like it was a very good way to start with her coming out of this like very weird car but they were like your daughter's four i was like that kid is seven I'm not good with kids' ages, but I was like, I feel like that kid's not four, but, you know, whatever. You're just on it with the, the continuity errors. <laughs> I just, I I guess I'm at a point where I'm like, why do movies fake things that don't need to be faked? Like, why have two lists when you could just have one and keep track of it? Maybe I'm, like, asking the wrong questions here, but, like, sometimes when I see a scene that's, like, odd in a way, like, I guess sort of a national treasure when... <laughs> It becomes clear that he's, like, not doing the thing from above, like, finding the, the glasses. It's, yeah. like, clear that he's doing it from ground level, at least to me. I'm like, why not just put him up there? Like, you have the ability to, and I get that it's easier to do it certain ways, but it's, like, just film as accurately as you possibly can. That's my opinion. I feel like it's so hard to do that, though. Like, having, like, been on sets and stuff, like, things go wrong, and there's pressures of time and money and people, and, like, you have to... You have to cut corners. And there's but all sorts of rules. you have to cast a seven-year-old for a four-year-old? Like Practically? Sometimes, yeah. There's different rules for child actors. Maybe. I'm just... It's yeah, the same It's true. the same reason. Like, if you... Like, a lot of people are like, that scene where they switch to the anime style. Like, mm-hmm. some people are like, what? Like, why? Like, one, you can tell that he just likes that and he's willing to play with genres. But also, practically... That would have, that scene would have got an NC-17 rating if it wasn't animated. Like, there is definitely practical elements to filmmaking where you're like, okay, here's the problem. Let's meet it with creativity. How do we make our story work within the confines of this system, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is boring to me. I want, I just want, like, sometimes I think about, like, my perfect film would literally just be, like, watching something in real time. I don't know. That sounds like my nightmare. (laughs) Like, sometimes I get mad that nobody goes to the bathroom in movies. I'm like, this is unrealistic. I don't know. I just, that's the kind of stuff I like when you're just like, this is, this is real. I don't know. There are films that are like that. Like, if you look at, like, Boyhood. Like, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a classic example. Like, they were going for hyper reels and they stayed with the people for 12 years. Like, they were aging up with it. But I, the reason I love movies is because it's a depiction of reality or a version of reality rather than reality in itself. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I live reality. I don't want to watch a movie where that's all that it is, you know? That's what I love about movies. I love the escapism of them. I it, Oh, it's also like reality becomes not true when you film it. Like the act of there being a camera there sort of changes everything. Yeah, so I think I just like when things are more realistic. I think I just don't care about like, I don't know. I like sci-fi though. I don't know. Something about... Tarantino, I'm just like... Tarantino is not for everyone. You know, I... Like, I, I wrote in my letterbox review, like, every time that I'm, like, questioning should I be a Tarantino fan or not, like, ethically, then I'm like, mm-hmm. I watch one of his movies and I fucking love them. They're just mm-hmm. like, I love the excessive violence and the the banter that he builds with his characters. But the main thing that I have with this movie and like why I was talking about that I struggle with it, it's the way that it treats women. 
and the way that Tarantino treats women mm-hmm. in general. Because, like, this, with Kill Bill especially, it's frustrating for me because he has these really badass female characters. Like, mm-hmm. they're kicking they're all ass. Female. Yeah, they're all, like, it's, Except it is. Yes, but like he's he's especially in volume one, he's like not a part of it. He's not like you don't even see him. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're these like badass female assassins, but they also are still allowed to like maintain their femininity and like womanhood. And sometimes like the fact that like um, Vivica A. Fox character, what's her Copperhead, like has a kid, like they're mothers, like they still do those things, but they're mm-hmm. also badasses. And there's also times like. The scene of, like, when Uma Thurman, like, wakes up and realizes that she's, like, no longer pregnant and she lost the baby, I think mm-hmm. is, like, an incredible scene. M- mainly to Uma Thurman, though. In terms mm-hmm. of, like, how she captures that grief, I think is interesting. But then, what I hate about Tarantino films is that they always have to have women experience some sort of awful trauma. Mm-hmm. They can never just be badasses because they're badasses. They have to have some terrible trauma. like Which then uses trauma as a plot device. Which, drives which we have talked about. Using yeah. trauma as a plot device is not good. Like the fact, like there is no reason for the plot that she has to have had the, where's the fact that she was being raped when she was in a coma by that guy. Mm-hmm. Like there is no part of the plot besides being like, oh, like it's, more satisfying that she kills him like no like she could have just killed that dude or that whole scene could have been gone and it wouldn't have affected the rest of the story mm-hmm. and it's like they seem to like i don't know they like relish in the depravity of it like it's not only like oh is she being raped when she's in a coma like literally they're like making all the comments about the pu- fucking petroleum jelly and all like all the stuff like it just gets mm-hmm. very into it in a way that i'm like is this necessary? And I feel like the filmmakers probably tell themselves that because she kills him, it's a triumph for the woman. It's like, oh, the woman is beating her rapist before he can rape her. So it's like, wow, we're we're winning it for the women. And, you know, the fact that they have this team of women savages. He's probably like, wow, I'm really doing it for women. But it's like, no, you're not, dude. I don't know. They do the same thing with uh, Lucy Liu's character, who I also think is a really interesting character. But mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, she has to, like, do this weird Arya Stark pedophile situation you know pedophile situation yeah the fact that she the yakuza oh, guy oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah i forget that she's the one in the cartoon yes she um, is the child. one in, yes also the fact that i guess that's true i didn't i like unrelated but i like the 17 year old bodyguard that she has who fights with a mace <laughs> yeah i was like what and just like they're like she's not old but she is bad shit so don't worry she's qualified yeah but like that's the other thing is like the movie has like when you really look at it it has its problems but there's other times where i'm like it's just having fucking fun like the fact that they have a 17 year old yakuza like member with a fucking mace like Mm -hmm. what and when she like kills everybody in the room and then there's that one dude left and she's like go home like stop fucking with the yakuza like go find your mom yeah yeah and the fact that she reveals that she speaks Japanese. It, yeah, I just feel like this movie for me was like a handful of good details that I will keep with me and not give a shit about yeah. the point of the movie. I'm curious if you watch, like now, if you go watch uh, volume two and mm-hmm. kind of look at them as a collective piece. I probably will. What you for, would think of it. Just for totality. I mean, it's like, again, it's a movie I've lied about, obviously. So it, it comes up. In com- it's like all of Tarantino's Wait, movies. Wait, have you lied about volume two as well as volume one? Probably not. I okay. think for a large period of my life, I thought there was only one. I think I just was like, I've seen Kill Bill, period. Yeah. And it's the one with the yellow suit, whatever. So, yeah, I think the fact that I've lied about this implies that Tarantino's movies, which everyone knows, they're part of like the cultural zeitgeist. You know, like people will ask you in casual conversation, like, oh yeah, Pulp Fiction, like blah, blah, blah. And you'll have to be like, so it's like, to my benefit. The thing is, I feel like I've seen at least most of a number of Tarantino movies. Like, here's the thing. I don't remember any of them because I fell asleep during Reservoir Dogs. I have no idea what happens in Pulp Fiction. I've seen Inglorious Bastards. I know something happens when he counts on his hand. I have seen Django Unchained. I have no idea what happens. Like, they're so unmemorable for me. It's kind of fascinating. Wow. I'm like the complete opposite. 
just like I I love his movies. Inglorious Bastards is one of the best films ever made. I remember enjoying it. Is Brad Pitt in it? Brad Pitt is in it. That is correct. Yeah, I guess my final thought. Kilbo bored me. Like I said, there were moments that I liked. I wasn't really like mad about any of it. Like my letterbox review was like I felt very like serene after it. Like I was almost smiling. I was like, this is a bad movie, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were very positive about it. I was like, it's okay. Like it wasn't for me and that's okay. Like it doesn't bother me that I don't like, but I do, I think I watched most of Tarantino's movies when I was like late high school, early college, which I'm now realizing was a time in which I was stupid. <laughs> so, so I'm like, what if I, it's, I feel like in the last year I've gotten much smarter. Fascinating. That's good but, for you. We like to hear that. I know. So I'm like, maybe I will do a little, a little Tarantino rewatch. Okay. And just see if I, if any of it's memorable or if I'm still like, this is mad for me. Okay. Can I tell you, you should start with Inglorious Bastards. That's his yeah. best movie. I feel like I'm going to do Inglorious Bastards in Pulp Fiction and maybe nothing else. Honestly, I would say in terms of rating them for me, it goes like the top four for me are Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, and probably, honestly, Kill Bill Volume 1 is up there for me. Mm-hmm. I love this okay. one. Okay, well, I'm glad you got to rewatch. Yeah, I gave it my four and a half because I couldn't commit to the five. Which is honestly a good choice. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> compared to your two, for sure. Yeah, I was just like, I won't be watching this again.